This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Glad to be with you this morning. Coming up this hour, a federal anti-lynching bill that's named after Emmett Till is headed to President Biden's desk. Plus, a National Geographic explorer examines what belonging means in the new podcast as she joins a group of black scuba divers who are exploring slave trade shipwrecks. But first, millions of students from low-income families rely on the National School Lunch Program that guarantees free or reduced meals to eligible students at private and public schools nationwide. Here in Illinois, school districts are required to accept the lowest bid for their food contracts, and some say that leads to lower quality meals. So let's turn now to an expert who can tell us more about the quality of school meals around the country. Joining us is Marlene Schwartz, who's director of the Rudd Center for Food Policy and Health at the University of Connecticut. And she's also a professor of human development and family sciences at the university. Hi, Professor. Thanks for being here. Hi, thanks for having me. Tell us your thoughts on this Better School Lunches Act that's awaiting approval in Illinois. Well, it's interesting. I didn't realize that Illinois had that requirement, and it does make sense to give the food service directors more flexibility when they're choosing what products to purchase for their program. So I think it's a good idea. Yeah. The the new bill, as I said, it would change the way school districts here in the state solicit food service contracts, and it would allow officials to sort of negotiate for higher quality products because there have been a lot of complaints that many schools are offering unhealthy food. So are you surprised that Illinois districts are, are that are participating in this uh, program are required to choose the lowest bid for their food contracts? Yes, I, w- I was surprised to hear that. Um, and I think it'll be great for them to be able to make decisions, you know, taking into account both price and the quality of the products. Give us some background on the federal program, Professor. Sure. So um, the National School Lunch Program has been around, you know, for, for many, many decades and really saw a huge sort of facelift. Um, in 2010, the Healthy Hunger-Free Kids Act required USDA to update the nutrition standards for both the meals that are served, but also for all of the snacks and other a la carte foods that are served in schools. So what's interesting is that the research really shows that there's been a dramatic improvement in the quality of school meals in the last say, five or six years, um, although it does seem like uh, the reputation of school meals isn't always um, reflective of that. Mm-hmm. Well, how many children would you say get their meals from this program? And what else do we know about so, the quality of the meals? Sure. So um, it's a, like before COVID, it was about 30 million children a day would participate in the National School Lunch Program mm-hmm. um, because of the disruption of COVID and particularly um, closing school buildings. That number has actually dropped quite a bit. And during 2020 to 2021 school year, it was 20 million, which is still a lot of children, but not as many as before. What are the current nutrition standards? I mean, they're really very strong. Um, They need to offer um, a fruit, a vegetable, a dairy, a whole grain, ideally, um, and then a low-fat protein. And so it's always a balanced set of foods that are offered to children. And then in order for it to count as what they call a reimbursable school meal, so for the school to kind of get credit for distributing that meal, mm-hmm. the children need to take at least three of the components, and one of them needs to be a fruit or a vegetable. So there was a lot of work done with the Healthy Hunger-Free Kids Act to try to improve 
the fruits and the range of fruits and vegetables that were available, and there's been a lot of emphasis on trying to get more fresh fruits and vegetables into schools. And to be fair, Professor, it, it's been a challenging time for school food services directors during the pandemic, right? Can you talk Ab- about that? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm really slow to criticize school food right now because the truth is for the last two years, food service directors and all of their staff members have been working incredibly hard to try to make sure that they were continuing to provide meals because they know how many children really depend on those meals. So we've done research here in Connecticut really showing the, you know, sort of heroic efforts, particularly when the buildings were closed, Mm -hmm. to set up grab-and-go stations, to put together the healthiest meals they could, make them available to families, giving out multiple meals at once, which fortunately they were allowed to do because of the pandemic. So they would put together packages of multiple breakfasts, multiple lunches, so that it was easier for families to get them. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, that's an entirely different situation than cooking meals to serve in a cafeteria. So there was that switch in terms of needing things to be, you know, harder, to, like either something that could be heated up at home or something that could be eaten cold. Um, and then the other problem was, along with a lot of the consequences of COVID, there were disruptions to the supplies that they had access to and foods they ordered didn't show up. Um, and they had to spend a lot of extra money on things like packaging. So I'm pretty sympathetic with how hard they've been working. And mm-hmm. I'm really hopeful that, you know, next year things will be back on track. Well, we'll talk about this. You know, for for many of the students who come from low-income families, the breakfast or or the lunch that they get at school, that might be the only balanced meal that they actually get for the day, right? So what what has research shown about how these school meals could affect their health? Well, I mean, the research actually shows that when you look at Um, what children are eating over the course of the day, that oftentimes the meals they're getting at school are the healthiest part of their diet during the day. So I think that these meals are incredibly important. And I think that, um, you know, it all really comes down to finances and being able to invest in the quality of meals in not just that, but pay for the staff that you need, pay for the equipment that you need. So I know that the federal government, you know, is working really hard to try to make resources, different grants available to states. And there are states that then put in extra funds and then even school districts themselves sometimes put in extra funds to support the food service. But I think You know, it's a really hard job to create palatable, healthy foods that meet the standards at the kind of, you know, amount of money that a lot of food services have to Mm -hmm. create those meals. What would you say needs to improve about the way school meals are sourced or purchased or even distributed? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of great ideas out there. I think, you know, this idea of having more direct relationships with local producers of food, I think most states have sort of a farm-to-school initiative where you try to really connect with local farmers, local, you know, food producers in your area. That's, you know, sort of has a lot of benefits. It's probably, you know, fresher food, you're getting it locally, and you're kind of keeping the money in the local economy, which I think is really great. So that's one thing. Um, And then I I think, you know, having um, resources to really train the food service director and the staff to kind of do both culinary skills, but also running a business skills, um, because they really have to do both of those things at once. What are you working on right now? So 
we actually just did a study um, looking at the summer meal program. So in addition to school meals during the school year, there's a, a second program where schools can provide meals during the summer, particularly for those students who really depend on the meals during the school year. And with COVID, um, it was interesting because there was much higher participation in the summer meal program back in the summer of 2020 because, um, you know, things were just so, so different back then. And so we did one study just showing the amount of meals that were distributed through that program back in 2020. And then we did another study this year looking at um, 2021, and we're, we're analyzing the data right now. But what's interesting is there were a lot of waivers given to states that so school districts could continue, as I mentioned, to hand out multiple meals at once, you know, sort of give bags that had both breakfast and lunch. One district had this really innovative idea where they actually created seven days worth of meals, froze them, and then mm -hmm. put them on the school bus and then drove the school bus around the district, dropping the meals off. So people just needed to go to their normal bus stop. So I think there was a lot of innovation, um, and we, we just published a paper kind of documenting some of the really creative things that districts did to try to get food to families. That is Marlene Schwartz with the Rudd Center for Food Policy and Health at the University of Connecticut. Professor, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Let's turn now to Sharon Desmoulins-Karat. She's superintendent of Peoria Public Schools, and she also supports the Better Lunches, uh, Better Lunches Act. Thank you for being with us, Superintendent. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. So talk to us about your initial thoughts uh, of this bill. Why do you support it? Well, yeah, I think it's just it casts a, a larger net and um, will provide more options for districts. So, you know, as you said, um, it will eliminate the lowest bid requirement which currently now constrains school districts in Illinois from selecting best qualified contractors uh, to meet the nutritional needs of the students. So um, it will just add more flexibility to choose vendors um, who, who will you know, provide the freshest, highest quality of food for um, school meals. So and, we're in support of that. Yeah, and Superintendent, when you talk about it providing uh, potentially better options, what do the options look like now? Give us an idea. Yeah, the options actually, they, they've gotten better. Um, we have a partner that's very malleable. They work with us when there are complaints. Um, we send it through them, and they work very, very hard to address immediately. And so, you know, they have improved. Like, I, it's, I was a middle school principal, a high school principal, and a primary principal, and okay. we, 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 we used to have salads, and we've gone through a variety of vendors as well, but it would be nice to get feedback from the kids. They like the chicken nuggets. They like the drumsticks. They like nachos. Mm -hmm. um, they like the, the steak, the sulfur steak, and um, just, again, much more um, high-quality and, you know, robust meals that are full and fill-in as well. Yeah. Um, and that includes breakfast as well. Yeah, mine uh, attend school here in Chicago, and they are also having similar complaints. You know, I, I'm hearing them sort of longing for the nuggets or even, you know, yes. even the pizza, <laughs> they say. Yes. They're, they're not too happy with the options that they've been getting, so they've been, you know, asking me to, you know, make lunches, Every day, and, and that's what we've been doing for the past few months. Because if I don't, they literally will not eat. Yeah, and that's that's too bad. And for us, you know, seventy percent of our students rely on on 
Pure Public Schools lunches and mm-hmm. services, and uh, and so it needs to be high quality so that they can, you know, they can they can eat mm-hmm. and um, have a nutritious meal because for many of them that's the only high quality nutritious meal they will get for that day. So talk more about how the Better School Lunches Act would help your kids in Peoria. Yeah, so I think it will attract more vendors to um, put great, you know, put a great proposal out out on the table because currently right now, um, you know, vendors have to sort of, it's, you know, for the most part, you go with the most responsible but the lowest bidder. And, um, And so that will break that open and and then you can we'll see what what comes out of that then and who will come to the table yeah well are there any other changes that you would like to see when it comes to school meals i i like that that change right now because i've been meeting with students middle school and high school students for over seven years um, on a quarterly basis and um, and then I'll ask, you know, what opportunities for improvement uh, for the district? What would you like me to know? What what else can I do uh, to make sure things are moving in the right direction? Yeah. And year in and year out for the last seven years, um, uh, improving school lunches, it's definitely at the top of the list. Well, you were listening along, uh, Superintendent, to my conversation there with uh, the professor, uh, and we were discussing for, for a moment students who come from low-income families, right? And just the fact that the breakfast or the, the lunch that they get from school, that very well may be the only balanced meal that they get for the day. Can you talk about that? Do you, is that something that you see in your school district at all, where kids are just reliant on this food? Yeah, we saw it during the pandemic. Um, oh, yeah. You know, we, we served over... Um, half a million meals during that period of time. And um, and so we they, they are reliant on it. They came out even during COVID and we experimented. We first started off feeding them every day and then um, three times, you know, we give them meals for three days and we give them meals for the entire week and they came out and that was a lot of um, meals served during that time. So that tells us the need is there for sure. And it needs to be high quality because, you know, as the, as the professor said, mountains of research linked well-nourished students to better engagement in, in, in schoolwork and also in their learning. So the, the you know, the, the meals, the nutritious meals are very, very important. And I think it makes them happier as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can certainly agree. And I'll be, I know, just like you, keeping an eye on this bill and, and uh, yeah. what happens with it. Well, that is. And the representative has a daughter in her school district. So. Oh, right. That's and, right. And you know how you know social media plays, and yeah. And so from time to time, I I will get you know I get pictures of them and um, dif- different um, infractions, and yeah. uh, we do have a process for that as well. But once you send it through social media, it magnifies the, the problem also. But it's it's definitely. Um, it's definitely a needed, an opportunity for improvement, for sure.
Yeah, well, uh, Illinois State Representative uh, Jahan Gordon Booth of the 92nd District, as you mentioned, she was invited to this conversation, but we couldn't make it work with her her schedule. But would certainly love to follow up uh, in future uh, with this conversation. That was uh, Sharon Demoulin Karat. She's superintendent of Peoria Public Schools. Thank you. Appreciate your time. You're welcome. Thank you. you. Bye bye. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast WBEZ's Reset wherever you listen.